Hi, and welcome to Wellness with Lana. I'm Lana, your realistic wellness bestie, here to discuss everything from nutrition and fitness to mental health and fun. Join me every weekend for an episode that is entertaining, educational, and can help you become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to click on and listen in. So if you are new, an extra special welcome to you, whether you found me through social media or you were just scrolling through Apple or Spotify podcasts, you are here for a reason. And this episode is made especially for you. It is here to help you in the right time, the right place, just relax and enjoy. And if you're returning, hugs and kisses. I love you just as much. And as always, you are always free to DM me on my Instagram, whether that is the at wellnesswlanapod Instagram or my personal Instagram, just at wellnesswlana. All of my social medias are linked in the link tree in the show notes. So you can definitely scroll through. And if you ever want to chat, if you have podcast ideas, if you want me to talk about something, I'm always there and I answer every single one of my DMs. So this is just a plug to go follow my socials as well as this podcast, give it a rating, give it a review, and let's get right into the episode. But before we do, this is a trigger warning for anyone that is bothered by the talk of body image, calories, and eating disorders, as this is literally the main topic of the episode. If this would not be helpful to your personal relationship with food right now or your wellness journey, please go ahead and listen to one of my other episodes. I have plenty um, and come back to this when you are in a better place. Um, I understand that, you know, sometimes this kind of content, especially if you are right in the midst of it, can either help or really hurt. And I think you need to use your own judgment to see that if this is going to lead you down a path that is not helpful to your healing journey, then just click off. I have like 39 other episodes um, to listen to. Yeah, this is episode 40. So I have 39 other episodes to listen to that don't go in depth, but this episode is very detailed in eating disorders and kind of how it starts and how it progresses. So if this is not helpful to you, just please, please, please click off and just listen to something a little bit not as focused on this. All right, so let's set the mood. So it's currently like 8.30ish at night on Saturday. I had work all day and then I, this is also like my high where my dad picked me up after work and we had like a little father-daughter date, which was so nice because I've been so busy lately and he has too. And so we haven't really had any time to spend with each other. And so we were able to just go and get some smoothie bowls and it was so nice. And, you know, it was just so nice to spend time with him and have that relationship. It's something that I'm very grateful for just to have that, you know, two hours I was able to really spend with him. And, you know, then I came back and had a walk outside in the dark, but, you know, it's really nice weather right now where I live in Minnesota. And, you know, now I'm here recording. And then right after I finish recording this, I'm going to bed because I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm just sitting on my desk. My microphone is out and I'm just going to have a little chat with you. A high and low this week, which, you know, set the mood and a high and low are segments on my episodes that I always include. So I really like including them and just so you kind of get the feel of where I'm coming from, how my week was. It's like a catch up with a friend. And that's why I like the podcast so much. I feel like I really am able to build a community and have people listen to me and understand me on a deeper level rather than just like see perfectly curated content on social media. I feel like podcasts, you can get really real and raw and relate to people on a much deeper level. 
So a high of this week is probably the fact that, yeah, today um, after work, I, it was just such a surprise to have um, my dad spend that time with me um, because, you know, we're both very, very busy people. Um, so it was just so nice. And then a low of this week is I felt like all of my like exams and quizzes that I was taking this week were just all flops. I don't understand what was going on with my brain this week, but like things were just like not going. Things were just, it, it was it was so bad. Things were just not going. I kept panicking around exams and assignments, which is so not me. Um, but I think, I don't know, maybe I was burnt out. Don't worry. It's going to be better next week. I believe in myself. If you ever have kind of like a flop week, just know that, you know, after every flop, there is a, you know, a peak. There is a happy moment. There is a boss girl era right in front of you. Just suffer through the flop. So eating disorders. In honor of National Eating Disorder Awareness Day on February 17th, I decided to create this two-part series. So this first episode is more geared towards how eating disorders start and generally how they progress and kind of common symptoms to look for that are not always so obvious because as I will mention later in the episode, weight is not like the number one factor of eating disorders a lot of times and it's not like the number one symptom. Um, Sometimes you can't even see eating disorders especially in the beginning stages of it. And then next week's episode will be a part two to this. And it's what people don't tell you in eating disorder recovery. So there's a lot of things people don't talk about, about eating disorders, but then people also don't mention about eating disorder recovery, that there are issues that don't just like magically go away once you recover the weight, um, how I recovered, how I was able to get better and not like relapse or do anything that would just hinder my healing journey. So little two-part series, this is a very special time of my life because last year during this time, it was kind of when I really committed to regain weight to recover. Um, Last year, I was an extremely low weight. I was very, very underweight. I will not be saying exactly what weight I was, but I was very underweight. And I'm about 40 pounds heavier than I was last year. Obviously, it was a very lengthy and long waking journey, but I'm so much happier and healthier after that. So it's shocking though to see how normalized eating disorders are and just a general bad relationship with food is in our society. And honestly, like The fact that a lot of women and men deal with this is a little bit disheartening. Um, Sometimes even in general conversations with people my age, like at college, like I was, I was literally at some club on Friday, um, like a college club. And a lot of the girls were talking about how like they don't eat the entire day or like how they suppress the appetite or like do they chew gum And I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, this is so not helpful to people who might really be struggling with eating disorders. I'm recovered. So obviously in my mind, I filter that out and I obviously don't take that advice or really partake in that conversation. But for people that are struggling, like they are still not able to do that. They haven't gotten to the point where they can. So that's just really harmful to them. And I'm not saying that we need to like bow down and bend to like every person who has every single problem. But I think we need to be more careful with what kind of diet trends and what kind of the societal pressures we are putting on other people and how we're viewing our bodies and food and just other things, even like religion. You need to be very cognizant of other people around you because not everyone has your same opinion and not everyone wants to hear your your like magic trick to how things work. So during 2022, we saw a big shift from less body positivity to more early 2000s trends. 
With questionable celebrity diets and more, there's simply a lot going on. So unfortunately, I'm very sorry to say that a lot of unhealthy body standards are coming back, or should I say body trends in general. I'm noticing a lot more people are struggling and messaging me with advice about their relationship with food or eating disorder recovery, and again, my DMs are always open. But aside from this, our society keeps glamorizing eating disorders and thinness. What else can young girls or just people in general do when all they see are perfect bodies on celebrities and magazines and social media? Being skinny is something people idolize, they starve for, and they want it. And this is how many eating disorders start, but not all. So I think a lot of us can recall when um, Kim Kardashian lost a lot of weight through probably not the most, you can't lose weight that quickly in a healthy rate, like in a healthy way. You just simply can't. It's medically impossible um, unless you like amputate yourself. But that's like, (laughs) that is like an extreme. So we saw that she lost a lot of weight to fit into the stress. And the worst part is she, I understand if you do that because you are very passionate about fashion or you really, really want to wear the dress. But the fact that she went out and she was talking about her diet and what she was doing to an audience of mainly women and a lot of younger girls that look up to her, like I think that is really harmful. Um, If you are partaking in these kind of diet culture trends and then you go on and you pretty much like promote it on your social media where there are younger girls that are looking up to you, like I think this is so unhealthy and just not not a good thing to do. And um, it's not just her, obviously, but a lot of people are noticing that like a lot of celebrities are starting to lose weight, a lot of popular celebrities. And they weren't ever large to begin with. They just are losing even more weight. They were pretty slim and now they're losing even more weight. And obviously low rise jeans and like those low rise styles are coming back. And I'm just seeing that there's more and more trends of these like early 2000s bodies that were quite frankly and quite literally like sick. They looked sickly. And I know that because I used to look like that. So like in my mind, I have like full rights to talk about that because like I literally used to look like that. I know how it feels and I know how it looks like. And, you know, it's it's really sad, but I think there are a lot of things that people never tell you about eating disorders and they start and how they occur. So whether or not you have had an eating disorder, or you're going through one, or you just want to be more knowledgeable about eating disorders in general and being more cognizant and understanding of people with eating disorders, this episode is for you. Here's what nobody tells you about eating disorders. So I believe there are three camps of people who develop eating disorders. Camp number one is those that want to lose weight. Camp number two is those with active mental health issues. And camp number three are those that want to be quote unquote healthy. It could definitely also be a combination of all three of those things, maybe two of those things, kind of pick and choose, but those three. So you either want to lose weight, you have other mental health issues that are not being taken care of, and you just, and or you just want to be healthy. So for me, it was definitely more the third and second one. I actually never wanted to lose weight. And this is kind of crazy, um, but I'll get into it. So I was just trying to be healthy. When COVID-19 hit and, you know, the pandemic happened, schools were shut down, all of my activities and like clubs stopped, I was really, you know, out of control. I felt like the world was crashing down on me and I wanted to do something. So I started to control food and exercise. That was something easy to control, easy to calculate, um, easy to 
manipulate. And that's simply what I did. And I didn't realize that, you know, until I dropped 20 pounds three months after, like, and I was trying on an old pair of jeans, they were way too big. So during the pandemic, when I was actively like really starting, when the eating disorder took off for me, I was just trying to be quote unquote healthy. At the time, I didn't understand that I also did have um, obsessive compulsive disorder. So if you have OCD um, or I've even heard depression, it's very easy that the eating disorder could be as a result of it or it could perpetuate the eating disorder even worse. So for me, OCD helped me kind of start obsessing about, you know, the weight, numbers, calories, um, exercise, and more. And so I think that's when I started to really start dropping weight. Yes. So the entire time I was dropping weight and exercising and not eating enough, um, I was wearing leggings. And obviously leggings kind of fit to form your body. So I didn't even realize I lost weight. It's crazy to say that you can lose 20 pounds and not even realize it. But I genuinely didn't realize that until I think it was, I was going in for a job interview. I remember this very clearly. And I was just going to wear some jeans and like a nice top and the top fit, everything was good. And then I tried on the jeans and they were way too loose. And the problem was before COVID, they were a little too tight. So that's when I noticed I lost a lot of weight. Um, But I looked at myself in the mirror and I didn't see anything wrong. So like all eating disorders, they really start small and grow from there. So a lot of eating disorders start from, you know, just wanting to drop 5, 10 pounds and then that going out of control. Other times, you know, you hit depression, you have OCD, you have other um, mental health issues that aren't treated. And so they can perpetuate or start the eating disorder. Um, big life events and tragedies can start eating disorders. I've heard of sexual assaults starting eating disorders. I've heard you know, the pandemic obviously unveiled a lot of people's mental health issues. So the pandemic, I've heard, really perpetuated this issue. Um, And then again, just trying to be healthy and maybe not taking advice from the right people because I was really taking advice from the internet and a lot of, you know, models and model what I eat in a days and unfortunately calorie calculators um, where I would just like punch in my weight and height and figure out how much I needed to eat. It's also like I never went under, I think, 14 or 1500 calories a day 1500 like it was not I wasn't eating like nothing I was I was eating 1500 but for my body and for the amount of exercise I was doing that was simply not enough and generally 1500 calories is probably not enough for anyone ever because most bodies function a lot more especially if you're younger but anyway so The start of the eating disorder is something a lot of people just assume is like, oh, it's like a girl, she just wants to lose weight. And unfortunately, that's not true. There are a lot of factors that can partake in the start of an eating disorder. I, for example, never even wanted to lose weight, so I don't even fit that stereotype. And then like all eating disorders, an eating disorder starts really small and it just grows from there. So for me, it just started with exercise and calorie counting. And then obviously the calorie counting got a lot stricter. And so as I became stricter with the food and with the exercise and more rigid, I noticed that I was always really cold. I was shivering constantly to the point where, you know, I had a lot of layers on. I would have a personal heater in my room as I was working on, you know, online school because all schools were shut down to the pandemic. And even with all of that, like the fact I was really cold, And the fact that, you know, I was exercising a lot, like I didn't think anything was wrong. 
And even when I lost weight, I don't think it rang a bell that like something was really wrong. And during this time, there were also a lot of like small disordered habits that I started to develop. So one of the big disordered habits on top of calorie counting, which I don't care how much those like gym bros push calorie counting. I personally feel like it is just so toxic. I don't care if you have a math mind. I'm literally like literally I'm a math mind and it's still toxic. Numbers are numbers, but there are certain things I just don't believe should be tracked and calories is one of them. But some other like bad eating disorder habits that I feel like a lot of people develop, including me, was eating only at certain times. Like it has to be like one o'clock on the dot, eating only for a certain length of time. So you force yourself to like really stretch out a meal because it tricks your body into thinking you're eating more. On top of that, eating with only certain plates and certain forks. It was just weird. Um, A lot of volume eating. So eating a lot of like low calorie like fruits and veggies to kind of fill my stomach to give the appearance of fullness. Using water and tea as a source of appetite suppressants like there were a lot of bad habits that I started to develop and this is just so it was so not helpful and on top of that this is also where the body dysmorphia started to develop so no matter how much weight you lose even if you didn't even want to lose weight you still feel like you look fine or even better than you did in the beginning so from the outside from a person just looking at you on the street, you look sick. But when you look at yourself in the mirror, you look fine. Or maybe you even want to lose even more weight. So like I know that eating disorders are not all about weight and not everyone looks sick during their eating disorder. I'm not just talking about looking and being physically sick, but also mentally. So first, like physically, when I was sick, I looked in the mirror and I literally thought, I was fine when quite frankly bones were sticking out and they did not look good I quite like my parents were 100% right when they said Alana you look like an absolute skeleton you do not look good and I'm like okay and that didn't register in my mind that like something was going off but this again remember I was still in my honeymoon phase of the eating disorder nothing really bad started to happen And again, I don't think people ever talk about how eating disorders do have a honeymoon phase where everything is going great. You're losing weight. Your hair hasn't started falling out. You're still like semi-functioning mentally. Extreme hunger never kicked in. Like your body still has some somewhat energy left, um, but body dysmorphia really starts to kick in during this time. And so you look at yourself in the mirror and you don't notice that you're losing all this weight or you look sickly. And other people notice it except you. And honestly, this is a very scary thought because I literally looked really sick one year ago and I did not see that. But now that I'm out of it and I've regained the weight and I look at pictures side by side, which these pictures are also posted on my social media, like you see these through videos, I did look sick, but I didn't notice that. And that's, I think, what kind of freaks me out. And a lot of people, actually almost everyone with an eating disorder agrees that they have some sort of body dysmorphia. But I also talked about being sick mentally. So food, when you have an eating disorder, food dominates your mind. It's like all you think about. You're cold all the time. You often feel faint or low of energy. You have no emotions. You're constantly angry at others. You always fidget to burn calories. You eat at certain times. 
you only eat with certain utensils, you have a certain step count, you have to reach every single day, you struggle skipping a workout, you count calories, you feel guilty for eating something not healthy, you refuse to eat out or home-cooked meals with your friends and family, you like to eat alone all the time, you are confusing and ignoring your hunger signals by tons of coffee, tea, water, gum, you are not healthy. There is a way to lose weight healthily. You have gotten to a point where it's not healthy, either physically or mentally, if those symptoms relate to you. When you have an eating disorder, food is literally all you can think about. When you can eat next, how many calories are in that, how many calories did my workout burn, yada, yada, yada. It is literally, you just can't enjoy. When you when you eat, it's the guilt that like, it's like, it's like a wet snake in your stomach. It's the guilt that you feel after you eat when you are with an eating disorder. I understand because I have felt that guilt before a lot. I felt that guilt for like two years. I understand how that feels like. So yes, anorexia or bulimia or any other restrictive eating disorder, which this entire episode is more geared towards restrictive eating disorders because that's something that I dealt with. They make you feel guilty anytime you eat any sort of food. And this is something that it's probably one of the hardest aspects of eating disorders that nobody really likes to talk about where it's like, oh, girls just like don't eat and they just want to lose weight. But that's not true. After a certain point, you lose your hunger signals because they're so confused. You know, after the honeymoon phase, your hair starts falling out. You're you're you get bruised easily. Your nails are blue. You you look sick. You don't look good. You look sick. It's you know, your menstrual cycle stops. If you're in puberty, which I was, your growth stops, your puberty, your, you know, growing up stops, like everything just freezes. And, you know, my eating disorder was active for two years and got particularly bad during the summer and fall of 2021. So my body had enough and extreme hunger, which is a biological sign and defense mechanism against malnutrition started to kick in. So I think a lot of people with restrictive eating disorders can relate. Things start off good. You're in your honeymoon phase. You lose a little bit of weight. You think you're eating healthy. And then maybe you start doing even more disordered habits like skipping meals. And then eventually your body's like, what are you doing to me? I don't have enough energy for any of this. And all of a sudden you become stuck in this eating disorder cycle. Food and exercise dominates your life and it is all you can think about. And then extreme hunger sets in. So again, your body is sick and tired of you doing this to it. So it's going to start eating and it's going to eat a lot because it's going to think that you're going to starve it in the future. So I was pretty much, I think during like lowest points, I was in a really bad binge restrict cycle where I would eat. I'd come home and eat thousands upon thousands of calories and then purge them by excessive exercise or restriction the next day. The more I tried to control my food, the worst things got. Many people with eating disorders that are restrictive, such as anorexia, start to develop extreme hunger as the body's way of trying to survive. This can also lead to eating disorders morphing into other eating disorders. So a lot of anorexics might turn bulimic, um, where you binge and then purge the calories. For me, it was exercise and restriction as like the purge the next day. And it was also considered a punishment. I was trying to punish my body for eating But my body was trying to save itself because it was already so underweight and it was already so sick and tired of being treated like garbage, like not being fed enough, not being treated well, not having enough rest. It was my body was over exercised. It had no energy. 
I felt like a shell of a person. I had no emotion. Can you imagine not having any emotion? Because I have, I had no emotion, man. I was not sad. I was not happy. I was just numb. Because once the honeymoon phase of the eating disorder is over and your body has no, nothing to, you know, take, take any kind of energy from, you become numb. Again, your hair falls out. You're always cold. You panic around food all the time. Your mental health starts to decrease and you become numb and not feeling happiness for two years, not feeling really love or pain or sadness for two years. It is a very weird experience and it's something that I think no one tells you about eating disorders is how quickly the honeymoon phase is over and how quickly you realize that what you did is something you never wanted to be a part of. When I had the eating disorder, I was always, you know, sit back and think, I wish I never knew about calories. I wish I never knew about this. I wish I never, you know, did this because now I can't get out of it. And you look at other people that have a normal relationship with food and they're happy and healthy and you're jealous of them because they're happy and healthy. They have a good relationship with food. They they eat when they're hungry. They stop when they're full. You know, they're just normal people with normal food. And yet you are panicking about food. You're restricting. You are freaking out about it. And it is very isolating and it's very lonely because you feel like nobody understands you. So... I think a lot of times with eating disorders, everyone hits a rock bottom. So after the honeymoon phase and after extreme hunger and, you know, binging, purging, whatever, and not everyone does, but the vast majority of restricting eating disorders end up with binge eating and it's your body's way of survival. I hit rock bottom during Christmas to the new year of 2022. I was at my lowest weight and I was the most physically and mentally drained. I really wanted to get better and if not, I knew I would end up in the hospital and my dreams for attending college and continuing my education would be shattered. For me, it was a very close to a life or death situation. Um, I never went into residential treatment. I never had that because unfortunately, those people just did not treat me well. Um, Even after the first doctor's appointment, I sobbed. I had a panic attack and I said, never again. I will recover it myself. I do not need those people sticking needles in me and forcing down protein shakes down my throat because I know exactly what I need to do. And, you know, I did it (laughs) without them. Um, And so I think a lot of eating disorders, recovery starts when you hit rock bottom. And for me, rock bottom was last winter of 2021 to 2022. That was rock bottom for me. Some people hit rock bottom and some people rock bottom is forced upon them. So if you ever had, you know, a parent forcing you to get therapy and just get better, be grateful for that because they were looking out for you and they just want you to be happy and healthy. And once you hit rock bottom or someone forces rock bottom upon you, this is a start to a long road of recovery. Recovery is, you know, tough. It is not an easy road and there are a lot of things that people never talk about in recovery that I think are going to be definitely mentioned in next week's podcast episode. So I will talk all about what nobody tells you about eating disorder recovery next week. But to give a super short summary, I recovered from my eating disorder in roughly one year, regaining about 40 pounds, starting to weightlift and fix my relationship with food. 
I've learned a lot and through my experiences decided to make a digital eating disorder recovery journal to help you. It is called Healed and you can purchase it off Etsy for a super affordable price. Use the code wellnesswithlanapod for an extra 10% off. Print it out or just use it on your tablet, phone, or laptop. They are compatible with GoodNotes, by the way. There are daily emotional trackers, journal prompts, empty meal plans, water trackers, and recovery challenges. Also weekly, there is an entire page of me answering calmly answered questions about recovery, such as regaining weight, dealing with post-recovery issues, and more. I am in no way a doctor or a therapist, but I have gained a lot of information from my and others' eating disorder experiences and recovery. You can find the healed journals in the link in the bio. So I hope that you absolutely loved this episode. I hope that you learned a lot about, you know, eating disorders and what nobody ever tells you about them. Don't forget to follow this podcast, give it a rating and a review and share it with someone who may need to hear it. Also follow all of my socials and go ahead. And if you feel like it would be helpful for your healing journey, purchase the healed eating disorder recovery journal by clicking the link in the bio. I love you and I'll see you next week for part two.